Right, this is going to be some crack. It's Napoli for Liverpool 1. It's the Copcast podcast. It's Andy Bell and Jay Reid. And we don't even have Jordan Henderson to blame because he wasn't even travelling tonight, so we can't even argue about that. What on earth are we going to talk about? Oh no, it's going to have to just be that game. Uh, to be honest, Jay, <laughs> I, I, was, <laughs> I was sat watching that and I was like, I, I had to... I had, you know, I was just finding other things to do, the dishes, the washing, sitting, pissing through my phone, random shit, anything to avoid the game. And then like every five, ten minutes I was like, right, I have to do this podcast. How the fuck do I put into words what happened tonight? I've been a Liverpool supporter for 24 years. Um, I know you've been a little bit longer. Um, I've seen some shite that first half hour, 45 minutes even extended to. 50-55, even after then, it doesn't get much better, is up there with the worst Liverpool performances I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, uh, I didn't think it'd get much worse after Saturday, but it did. Um, I know we've not done a podcast about the derby, because why would you? It was crap. Um, and realistically, I went into the night thinking, if we can get a draw, that's good. Because I don't know enough about Serie A, I don't know enough about Napoli. But from all the, you know, preview podcasts across various platforms, you listen to the various sort of social media feeds that are sort of saying, you know, Napoli are decent. They've lost a few decent players, but they're better this season. And they've got this Georgian kid who's meant to be brilliant. So we've not been there in three times in five years, never scored, never won, obviously, because if you don't score, you don't win games. Michael Owen, quote for you there. <laughs> um so if we got out of there with a draw, I'd be made up. And within the first minute, you're like, oh, shit, you can see where this is going to go. And it did. Um, and to top it all off, um, some geezer on Twitter, I dug out a tweet from four years ago, <laughs> which he's obviously been sitting on. Yeah, the team news. No, 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 no. Oh, um, okay. Because the team so, that we played them four years ago was like, I think there were seven or eight of the same players, which is another conversation. But No, some, some geezer called Bob Campbell, uh, Bob Bobotron87, shout out to you fella. Um, 25th of August, 2018, he tweets, Joe Gomez was terrible for the third game in a row and replied to a Melissa Reddy tweet where she thought Joe Gomez and Jeannie Wijnaldum were excellent. Um, and I just, being the dickhead I am just tweeting about hi my name's Bob and I'm trying to be controversial by proving I know football or football <laughs> good night Bob four years later Bob just emailed, just messaged me back with a laughing face emoji so well done Bob your tweet reply yeah go ahead Bob, the line has come Bob, through Bob's basically me in the podcast after United yeah he's been sitting on that one for four years so shout out to you there Bob um, Bob sounds like he's a, has an intriguing life although I do agree with him like, um, like Bob, go, I mean, Bob go, was go, spot on <laughs> But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Gomez, nice little segue into that there, because, I mean, it's, it is tight blaming individual players. Um, I think there's a conversation about them just being knackered, to be honest. You, you look at Mo Salah tonight and that, that chance we have, I think, at 1-0. Things could be slightly different if you put that away, but he, he doesn't even get close to controlling the ball. It's not a miscontrol. It's like he's not even close to it. He's not even close to skimming the ball with his foot. Then Alexander Arnold just has a dreadful night, and he's had a few dreadful nights this season. It's fair to say, as much as I love him, and I'm looking at it, and there's like, like there's a wide free kick second half where Alexander has, and I think it's sort of perfect position for him to get a ball in. We've got Nunes and Van Dijk and Matip and all these tall players in the pitch, 
and he just puts it right out for a, a goal kick. It's not even close to anyone, and it looks like that just these players are completely knackered and doing things and you, we've all played five aside and seven aside or whatever where our legs have gone and we're not fit enough and not only can you not get around the pitch you you're what you do when you actually have the ball at your feet is massively compromised as well I'm not making any comparisons between me and you and this Liverpool team but the, the similarities are there in terms of like just looking like their legs have gone and I do wonder why or I do wonder if we put so much physically and emotionally just to match that Man City side last season that almost, if you're going to do that, this Liverpool team do have to have a season off like we kind of saw the year before and like we might have to see this season. I thought we were going to say going to Gomez, but we'll talk about that point. Do you think it's, do you think it's a case of them just being knackered? Because I don't really buy this idea that their desire's gone or because there's nothing like what we've heard from this Liverpool team over the years. I thought it might be the case against United, but... I, I can't see it. I don't think your mentality switches like so drastically. Uh, I don't know. So many questions. I, I don't know. I don't want to buy the excuse that they're tired because we're what, seven, eight games into the season in all competitions or whatever it is, maybe six. I don't know. I've lost counts. It's all blared into one massive shit mess. Um, but yeah, you, you know, you couldn't hit the nail on the head that like, we're chasing the, you know, the beast, the money, states, the oil money, whatever you want to call them. You know, we, we know it's not easy to chase down City and we've literally been the only one who can keep pace to them for four or five years or something like that. And, you know, we've said many a times, it's fine margins here and there. But it's so early in the season and, you know, you have back to that Community Shield game, which you went to, and we were a shadow of a team of what showed up on that day. And that was, you know... It's only pre-season friendly, however you want to term it, but it was still Man City. We still got up for it. We still, you know, put a performance on the line, and and you know, at that point, all our eggs were in the basket of right. This is this is going to be a title charge. We're all in for this now. I, City look a bit vulnerable, but if anything, it's the absolute opposite. We're the ones who look terribly vulnerable, and they're just steamrolling them because they've got some freak up front who can do everything in front of goal and. Somehow they only have four or five midfielders, but never seem to get them injured. I don't know how that works, but I seem to just go on a rotation on the physios table. It's there's lots of questions, and there doesn't seem to be too many answers, or the answers that you're given always then lead to another question. Um, so I, I don't really know where to begin, but I think there's a damn stack going around that we've been outrun. I know sprinted in every single yeah. game this season, and you, you you referred to you know like me and you aren't top quality footballers, never have been. Sp- I don't speak know. for yourself, James. <laughs> well, if you was, you wouldn't be on this podcast, would be. Finished at twenty four. But you know, at the end of the day, if you're playing five aside, seven aside, eleven aside, the very least you demand from yourself and from you the lads around you. You know, whatever level you play that, whether it's Sunday League, whether it's semi-professional, professional, whatever, is you put the graft in, you run, you sprint, you you give it all. And to me, there was only one man on the pitch doing that for us tonight. And there's only been one man on the pitch for most of the season. That's Lewis Diaz. He literally yeah. looks like a one-man team out there. And you, you kind of feel sorry for him because he he knows how much it means. Like he's He's come into the club and, you know, I'm sick of the quotes of oh they've they've let Mane go and they've not replaced him. Well, what do you do with a man who wants to go? Like 
he didn't want to be here anymore. We I personally think we've replaced him with a better player, but we, we probably we replaced him in that. January, right? Yeah. We put Mane up top because Luis Diaz was a better player on the left wing and mm-hmm. okay, the goal output is slowly getting there, but like you didn't people need to forget that excuse now. Like he has gone, like players come and go as much as the good, as much as the bad. You just gotta forget it and move on. So he's the only one who can come out of that game and probably most games this season with his head held high. I know people will say Harvey Elliott, but we can get on to him in a minute. I think he's he's been asked to do too much in the last two games, especially he's been swallowed in terms of the, the magnitude of the game. And, and he, he's young as well. He's only what, it's just 19, to be expected. It's you to be know, expected. And every single player in the history of football, whether it's Messi, Ronaldo, the, you know, the greatest players ever to have played, will have had six months at some point in their career when they're young. And I'm not saying that Harvey Elliott's having these six months. He was he was brilliant only you know a week ago in, in certain games and probably has been one of our best players this season. But they all have a dip in form. They all have a point at which you, know, you burst onto the scene. Nobody really knows a lot about you. Nobody really has any video analysis about you. And slowly but surely you start to get recognised and teams start to sort of think, right, okay, we need a plan for this player. And then you have to sort of adapt your game. And the greatest players are the ones who can adapt their game. And no matter what oppositions do to, 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 put, uh, put, to put obstacles in your way, you find a way to be effective in matches. And, you know, at some point, if it's not now, at some point, Harvey Elliott, no matter how good he is, no matter uh, how good Carvalho is, no matter how good any of these players are, there are going to be stumbling points and, and blocks and, and places where they're going to have to adapt their game. And, you know, Sal has been the master of it over the years. You look at the player Sal is when he comes into Liverpool and he's just doing the Aryan Robin thing every week, cutting inside and scoring with his left foot. Eventually, teams sort of got onto that and managed to find a way to stop him doing it. And he added so much more to his game. And maybe even now in the form Sal is in, you'd think he might have to adapt once more. But he's kind of been the master of it over those years. And, uh, you know, that that's that's something that the young players will have to do. But yeah, I think physicality as well. You know, you saw tonight a couple of times he was just brushed off a little bit too easily. And that's something that he'll develop naturally uh, as he gets older um, and as he plays, you know, more games in the in, in, in men's football. And he still only played for Liverpool, you know. When you He's probably under season, 20 appearances altogether. Yeah, in I'd say so. Certainly under twenty starts easily, um, and you know a few of those are in the league cup when he's when he's when he's really really young, sixteen seventeen. Couple of stats from tonight. I looked at it at halftime. I don't know how much attention Jay. I know you like your stats, but I don't know how much attention you paid to the expected goals. It was something like three point seven at halftime. To Napoli, they are 0.99, which, by the way, is outrageous. It's, I think that's around the expected goals tally we rack up against Bournemouth in the 9-0. That's the high quality of chances that Napoli created in that first half. I think they got another one in terms of the expected goals in the second half. Obviously, matches the actual goals scored. So you're talking 4.7 expected goals against there. Matches Two, up to uh, the actual four. tally. It, yeah, it's... It's crazy. Like I think or something like I that. think we're something around that. Yeah, um, we're something like that. I I think offensively in recent weeks hasn't been as bad as a lot of people have made out. I don't think it's great tonight, but I think there's a far far bigger problem at the back, and I'm I'm not really sure what it is. And you know, there's also this this whole thing about slow starts. We've all talked about it. We all know it's a thing. But for me, Liverpool just don't have a plan to 
counteract it. You know, we, we don't fight fire with fire. We don't go, you know, full gung-ho press and potentially leave ourselves open. We don't really go for it. But at the same time, we don't sit in and be compact and, and ride the wave either and sort of get to 20 minutes at nil-nil and quiet in the crowd. It's just a little bit neither here nor there. And what's inevitably happened is we're 1-2 and in tonight's case, 3-0 down in, in very quick succession. And it could have been 5 or 6. They hit the post first minute. They have a penalty that they miss. They could have another penalty in there. You know, it, we're, we're getting carved open time and time again. I'm not sure what you think that is. We mentioned Gomez earlier. Um, it was the same on Saturday, though. I know Everton's mm. chances weren't so good and they, they are so ruthless going forward. But as you say, it's neither here or there. It's not sitting and quiet in the crowd and it's not, you know, let's get in, in and about them and, and stuck in. It's, it's, it's a bit of nothing and... I seen a little bit of Andy Robertson's interview after the game, and he's like, "We know we're just, you know, we're going to the press, and you're not backing your mate up. We're leaving ourselves three v two, four v three at the back." So he knows the problem. I'm sure everyone does know the problem, but but what? Why? Why is it happening? I don't. I don't. I don't know. I is it the system we're setting up in? Is it the personnel? It's it's probably a mix of both. Personally, I think. Um, but, you know, rule, uh, rule number one in the away from home European tie is you go in there and you try and quieten the crowd, no matter where you go, whether it's, you know, Dynamo Bucharest or whether it's Napoli or whether it's the Bernabeu. Like, well, any you, of you the go three in games there, we have in this group, we're going to have to do feisty. that. Yeah. Like, it, it, it was obvious. It was, you know, some people say the group of death, some people said the group of atmosphere um, because of, obviously, the stadiums and... You know, it's just that should be the first thing written in everyone's mind. Like we get in there, we try and just keep the ball and just quieten the crowd down because we all know what Napoli's like for for fans, like the the crazy in in every sense of the word. And going in there and giving them basically a walk through our team within the first forty five seconds and us men rounding the keeper and then hitting the post, like that was the that was the baseline set for for what was about to come, and you know that I don't know. I, I, there's lads in that team who've got a wealth of experience, especially across that back line. I know I, we are probably now going to harm Paul Joe Gomez and whatever. And I know we had a, a back and forth of the week, and it was over the United game, I think it was. And I was saying that you know he's probably a little bit ring rusty, and you were saying well you just don't think he's up to standard. Well. He's had three or four games since then, yeah. and he looked a little bit better. I think Newcastle, he was probably slightly better. But I think, it, I think, I think against against strikers, Jay, sorry to cut across you, that that suit him. You know, I, I I said in the on the United game, I said that you know we're coming up against Kiefer Moore and Bournemouth on Saturday, and in a real four-five-one with no interest in attacking, and he looked brilliant there because he looked brilliant when he came on against Palace in place of Nat Phillips, and we're crying out for that. But that was at a point where they were leaving one up front, and you know if if Joe Gomez had started that game with sort of Zaha and um, who's the other fellow on the other wing because Essay was playing midfield, I can't remember who it was. The two quick lads hey, on the wing. It was it A who played that night? Yeah. You know, it, the the problem is when when they do what Palace did in the first half, when they do what United did, where they basically take a bit of a gamble and they leave four up front in all situations. And then when there is that turnover, you've got four really quick lads running at you. And I'm just not sure his body's up to it post injuries. Now, like that said, you know, I did mention that against Man United and I do think I'm right on that. But 
if you put Matt Ebb in tonight, I don't think it makes that much no. of a difference. If you put Bellingham in our midfield tonight, I don't think it makes that much of a difference. You know, we are mentioning individuals and we can't mention every single individuals because me and you've got to get to bed at some point tonight. But it is one of those where, you know, I don't know. I actually I do think it's it's a priority to 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 get somebody in there who can who can play centre half the way Liverpool like to play. But but what even is the way Liverpool like to play? I can't really understand it now. You know, last season there was a plan. This season they looked to have tweaked some things, and you always have to tweak to evolve. But we just seem to have tweaked to things that are completely unsuited to how we play. And even when Nunez comes on tonight, I don't think we look particularly great, and I don't think he looked particularly great. At the, like I, I really don't know. We'll we'll come on like later on to talk about the, the 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 Wolves game at the weekend and who would start for that. But like, well, I think we said. Well, I said I think it was after the United game on this one. Um, we just need to go back to to what we know, basics. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and again, Andy Robertson was saying today, back to basics. Like, and it's such an obvious thing, but I, again, this intensity book that Pep Linders come out I think everyone's got their hands on it and all of a sudden they've just stepped their intensity up and they play us um, but I think it, we, we just need to, to get back to doing the simple things right and I know as you say like we we maybe tried to to tweak too much like you know the, we've all sort of seen the obvious that Mo Salah is chalk on his boots winger for some reason this season and Harvey Elliott sort of playing the role where Jordan Henderson might be but they're yeah, playing it differently it's, it's, Linders it's mentioned so that as well uh, Linders mentioned the, the Salah thing he, he, in a post-match interview recently and he said they're, they're wanting to tap into his playmaking ability I mean I'm sort of more interested in tapping into his goal-scoring ability because he scores just, just tapping some things season. in it'd be nice yeah <laughs> like he's brilliant at doing it it seems a bizarre one and I can maybe slightly see the, the idea behind it but you know I guess when you, you sort of see how Messi plays for Barcelona in his pomp he's starts out wide and, and you know, builds play from there and, and comes inside but it's fair to say the rest of the team isn't like peak Barcelona at the moment to say the no. least um, it's fast alone at the moment and it's like, <laughs> the cheap one <laughs> very good very good low hanging fruit there but I'll, I'll give you it uh, let's do let's do a positive and you know let's maybe talk about it for <laughs> the majority of the podcast and you mentioned earlier on but I mean Luis Diaz is uh, has been the shining light of this season. His, his desire is phenomenal. His, his work rate is, you know, he scores a goal and, you know, he's really given it. And I know it's only a gesture, but he's really sort of given it to the crowd and given it to the players as if we can get back into this. And that's uh, as ridiculous as that sounds at 4-0 down. That's exactly what the Liverpool of three years ago would have done. We go to Barcelona, lose 3-0. We're all thinking it's done. And, and that group wholly believed and, I'm not sure the rest of the blue, of the group share that mentality right now. And I'm not sure whether it's a sort of thing where I mentioned earlier, I think them being knackered is a big thing in this. And I completely take your point, the seventh game of the season. And, you know, the other thing is, I don't know how that hasn't shown up on this ridiculously advanced medical technology that they'll have, where they, they talk about players being in the red zone and needing rest and blah, blah, blah. But I actually thought he'd be invested tonight as well. I yeah, well, well, Diaz comes in in January, and maybe he just hasn't quite had the the emotional um, roller coaster as much as the physical of of last season and the last few seasons under Klopp. I'm not sure whether that's a thing, but he's 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 the shining light, and God knows where we'd be without him. Yeah, and like you know, we've we've touched on it. Like the money's gone, so 
forget it. Like it's just cheap punditry, like the likes of Martin Keown rolling up the tripod. They're missing Sadio Mane. Well, he's gone, so forget it. You know, like players move on, so just deal with it. Um, he was replaced in January because Mane went up top and Diaz went wide, and we looked a better team and whatever and so on and so forth. But I, as we touched on, like, it's just the desire, the effort, the running, the relentlessness that. If if you are not scoring goals, if you are not winning, you know your headers or something, but you're getting up for every header, like you show them willing. Like the Liverpool fans will give you so much grace. I like we understand what it means to graft as people. We understand what it means to graft as footballers. Like that's all we require in the red shirts. Is you go out on that pitch and you put a hundred and ten percent in every day. You put your body on the line, as it would be, um, and there's not enough going on out there and he literally looked like you know it, it sounds really bad to say it, like when Steven Gerrard was playing and he was dragging average players along yeah. in games because he was just literally everywhere and doing as much as he possibly could and obviously you can't do everything and not everything will come off but that's the sort of performance he's putting in like especially tonight where he was on the right wing he's on the left wing he's down the middle he's tracking back like He's doing far too much, and you know you've touched on mental burnout, maybe physical burnout. Like if he carries on, he's going to be done by. Well, thankfully not the World Cup because he's not going with Colombia. So his hairline's going to end up like mine. I think at this rate, <laughs> maybe he's just running himself into the ground until November and then just getting himself off on a beach for a few weeks and then recharge his batteries and go again in January because the way we're going, we're going to need it. Um, but he is the shining light and. You know, as you said, maybe three or four years ago, I had that goal going in, and was it was it three nil or four nil down at that point? I think it was four, um, and it was forty nine minutes on the clock. Yeah, you would have had every faith a couple of years ago. Yeah, maybe even like last season. Like well, I remember. I remember we were five one down to Villa when we lost the seven two, and Jota scored to make it five two, and I was convinced we were going to win that game because that's the mentality that group had at the time. Yeah, I, I, I honestly thought you know he's got that one in. If you get another one in the next five or ten minutes, you know you're leaving yourself half an hour with all your changes in hand. Like, you might get out of there with a draw, and you know you wouldn't have been surprised. But right now. There's no faith in that team doing this. And that's a sorry thing to say because like, we've been so good. We've seen so much and not that much has changed. And maybe, I don't want to bang on, but maybe that is the problem that like we've just literally run out of juice in, in, the, in the whole department of the team, back, middle, front. Like We've just run out of juice and... It's sad to see because like these players are heroes to so many people, but I don't want to bang on and knock him again. But James Milner, the poor fella, shouldn't be starting these games because yeah, it's just sorry for him at this point. It's, it's a sorry sight to see because he just can't do it. I, it it's not his fault, but he's been put in the situation and he's chasing shadows. I, I thought he was going to go off. I thought he was going to be sent off by by half time, and I thought he would have been hooked at half-time when Gomez was hooked because he'd made one nasty challenge and got a yellow card after about 27 minutes. Um, and he made a couple he of others. He got a yellow card dead early. He, 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 I think it was like first 10 he got a yellow because I remember thinking, oh God, here we was go. Was it that early? I, I, yeah. It's a 
it's a bit of a blur that game. But I thought he, he he's off. Like by half time, he, he's going to go. Um, and yeah, it's you know there's nothing we can do about it. I we can't get anyone else in. We we brought Artur or Arthur in, however you want to you know pronounce his name. But, yeah, I'm calling him Mello, so I don't have to sound like a prick calling him Artur. But you um, work away. Even, even tonight, <laughs> like you can see he's ring rusty as well. Like, and, you know, he's probably not played a lot of football because, you know, Juventus just mystery players the way they do. But like, he looked way off the pace tonight. And I think maybe the only shining light we can touch on is a certain Thiago come back in and we looked a little bit more progressive with the ball. We looked a little bit more in control. We looked a little bit more like our old self and, if we're putting all our eggs in the Thiago basket, then not many eggs are going to come home to roost into chickens, but it's probably what we've got to do. Yeah, Thiago comes on and he's fantastic tonight, isn't he? And it's hard to explain. It almost felt like every time Liverpool went forward, you were just expecting the least touch and then Napoli to pounce on it. And, you know, that was happening every time. I wasn't excited when we were going forward. I was like, somebody at some point here is going to take a bad touch and they're going to spring on us. But when Thiago came on, you're right, he does have that close control. And he's like, he's a marvellous, marvellous footballer. And he gives us that control. And I think, yeah, I think um, I think Mello, you know, is, is tidy enough. He plays on the right, doesn't he? Which probably, excuse me, isn't where he's going to play um, for most of this season. But good to get him some minutes. And depending on how he trains, depending on how Klopp and the coaching staff see the tactics against Wolves, if he's got 15 minutes and for whatever reason they do think giving him 60s the, the best way of winning the game on Saturday, then they've, they've got the option to do that now. I, I suppose one slight positive general note, if we're to, to kind of put a, a spin on it, that the season isn't done and we've still something to fight for. We are still only five points behind Manchester City for now. You know, we play Wolves this weekend. I don't think anyone's backing us to win any game at the moment, but if we can get the points there, City play Spurs. And, you know, it's not as bad as it was in January of 2021 when me and you were coming on this podcast and we were talking about our sixth home defeat in a row, not scoring at Anfield for six games in a row. We find a way and we bring that season round and we win eight games and draw two of our last 10. And then we go into the next season and have the season we have, you know, is it possible that we find that form from somewhere? And if we do, it has to be now. But you know, I guess we've been in worse situations and we've put runs together. So all's not lost quite yet, but chat to me on Monday, maybe. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll be watching the Wolves game for um, family reasons that oh, my brother's getting married. You. And right now, I probably won't even have the notifications turned on my phone. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think you're going to struggle to get your ticket shifted, to be honest. <laughs> oh, it's gone. That's just even cash in the bank. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, you haven't received the cash yet. I wouldn't, I wouldn't count that yeah. 40 whatever quid it is just yet. Yeah. Like. Pending payments. Pending payments. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you were saying all's not lost as well. Like Just to touch on, you know, you'll, you'll be loving the Rangers. Got absolutely twatted tonight. So it's a good night for, for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's an aggregate of 8-1 in the Andy Bell uh, sticks tonight. Yeah, so I think, you know, the, the positive you take is, you know, we've got Ajax at home next week. I know that, yeah. like, we've got Wolves before that, so I'm just going to literally touch on Champions League for a second. Um, you know, the mantra is you win your home games and you should be okay. Um, 
And you know, we we obviously we touched on atmospheres. We fought, we faltered tonight in the Napoli atmosphere. We will be going well back to back when we play Rangers. So, so I think it's the home game first and the away legs, uh, the away tie second, as it will be. Um, so you know, you win your home games. Our next two games are home. Ajax and Rangers. You're six points on the board. You probably expect Napoli to go and do a number on Rangers, given the evidence of tonight. But it anything could happen at Ibrox we know this um, and if we can just you know sorry but if your loyalties lie with the Kovkast podcast if we can do the double over Rangers and get a home win against Ajax it's nine points and that should see you very close to, to qualifying so you know Wall's not lost in the you know the Champions League group of atmosphere death draw um, by the way just because I'll probably not come back to the Champions League like just a quick sort of 30 seconds so Ajax looked Amazing tonight. Um, albeit it's against Rangers, against a Scottish club, and I understand there's a difference in quality between the leagues and the teams. But Rangers are a team who, who smashed their way to the Europa League final last year, beating Leipzig, beating Dortmund. Um, you know, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is very much a European manager. He, he, he studies and he understands the tactics of those European teams, and Ajax made them look like a team of absolute cabbages. It was wave after wave. If there's a, if there's a a Johan Cruyff performance of the clockwork orange that was Ajax tonight like they were really really good and I'm sure well I'm not sure but I hope that we can kind of make it a little bit more awkward for Ajax and what Rangers did and we'll be a little bit more progressive but that's absolutely no gimme next week either you know I don't think any yeah. games are gimme for us at the moment but Ajax no. certainly isn't I think he, yeah I, we've got it probably you know we, we are going to come to Wolves now and then that's where it starts because you know you can only look at the next game, it's pure cliche, but like you can't get too ahead of ourselves and look at Ajax like the, the Champions League will be what it be, we'll figure it out. Um but as I said, we do our home games, we should be fine. Um realistically, we probably didn't expect to get it in tonight, so we just got an absolute pound and like we probably didn't think we were gonna get much out but out the game in terms of points, but so be it. You cross that one off, you move on, you dust yourself down and it's a short turnaround because, you know, we are going back from Italy tonight. I'm sure the team will probably fly home early hours in the morning. Recovery day, sort of do a little bit of work Friday and then you're back on um, on the field on Saturday. But again, you know, a sort of shred of hope is we do seem to play our best football when we have games every three or four days. Like, I think even Michael Owen was touching on this before. And again, I'm sorry, I've brought Michael Owen quotes up twice in one pod here. That's <laughs> awful. That's how bad things are at the moment. Um, but he was right in saying, like, you know, when Liverpool play once a week, they look a bit stale. Um, but when they play like every three or four days, we do look a lot sharper. And we seem to pick up a lot of injuries training, where mm-hmm. if it's game, recovery, match prep, game, recovery, match prep, you've not got these opportunities for these training sessions where we seem to pick up so many knock like I don't know what's going on with Curtis Jones lately but he's fallen into the Naby Case category very quickly in terms of repetitive injuries and yeah. unknown absences um, the less said on Naby the better I, I'm, I'm done with him and I was a big sporter so that's a lot um, might be as well but going into Wolves I think we will see changes. We'll come onto our teams in the second. But I think the main thing is we're in that bomb of territory again after the United game where it's keep a clean sheet and just win the game at whatever style, cost, not cost of injuries, but, you know, 
whatever way we have to do it, we've just got to keep a clean sheet and we've got to win the game and then we've got to build from there. And then it feels like we're just playing with Lego because every time we sort of get something, someone comes in and kicks the Lego over. And then we have to, you know, deal with standing on the Lego because it's hurting us in our feet and then go again. But that's the situation we're in. So, yeah, I'll hand it to you and see what were you feeling for Wolves as a start in 11 this week? Oh, it's a it's a difficult one. First of all, it's um, I th- I'm saying this with my face behind my hands. I can, you know, I have no confidence whatsoever going into this game. But if if you are to pick a style of play and opposition more than anything else for the weekend, it probably would be the likes of Wolves. We know that you know Fulham and Palace and you know especially United and tonight. Teams have got on top of us and made us look very average this season when they've come at it with, as you say, the full intensity and the pressing and the getting in our faces and making things awkward for us. Whereas in previous years, you'd have thought, oh, the Liverpool team will just play around that or the long ball over the top to Salah or Mane or whoever it is playing up front. But Wolves kind of are going to sit off and try and contain us. And he's a very sort of pragmatic and negative manager as Bruno Lage. And listen, he gets results. You, you can't, you can't, you know, criticize him for that i think in terms of my team for the weekend i think you you know what i need to see now is you know what was the plan for this season we seem to the little tactical tweaks the the, the fullbacks positioning the positioning of the number eights the nunez coming into the side or jota playing on the side the way the, the wingers are playing the front three i think it's all basically to make us more proficient at breaking down the the buses in inverted commas and, and Wolves, I imagine, will be a bus at the weekend. So, you know, teams have come out and surprised us this season. We've had injuries, but there's really no excuse for, for this type of team because we've been coming up against this type of team. Well, we've always come up against this type of team, even the, the worst sort of Liverpool teams. You know, the blueprint was always there to sit in at Anfield. You're never going to come up to come down and really go gung-ho. So I definitely start Nunez from that perspective. And I mean, I'm starting to think I haven't done the sort of look back at the, the, the amount of minutes the players have played. Diaz gets 90 tonight, doesn't he? He finishes the full game. So is he really going to make him go again? Maybe he's going to do the thing. As you said with the World Cup, I'll keep Salah in. In fact, no. Ideally, I'd like to play Jota and Diaz, but then one of them has to play on the right. I don't really fancy either of them on the right. So... I'll go Diaz, Salah, Nunez, see how that works. That probably is our best front three. In midfield, you obviously throw Thiago in if he's fit, I think. Fabinho retains his place because there's nowhere else to play there. And mm, Elliot or, or Mello, I suppose, is the other one, isn't it? I don't think we have anyone else really there at the moment. Um, if we assume, I guess, that Carvalho and Curtis Jones are right. So I'll come back to that one, and I'd, I'd definitely play Matip ahead of Gomez, no, no doubt about that for me. What about yourself? Well, just looking back at what Wolves have played in their last game, so they've they've changed shape, haven't they, this season, so they've become more forward to back, um, hence why Connor Cody's rocking yeah. up in the blue shirt and getting all crazy when he's offside. Um, hi, Connor. You are now done with Liverpool. Um, he was done with Liverpool. I was at the, I was at the yeah. World game when they, they beat us in the Championship. They were in the Championship. We were in the in the Premier League. The FA uh, Cup game. They beat us in the FA Cup, and he was giving it massive to the main stand, yeah. like really aggressive. Like I understand, 
I've no issue with it. But then when he comes out and sort of makes himself out to be a massive red after it, I'm sort of like, hmm, we all saw it, Connor. Anyway. Yeah, you are done now. Them, the rules and spectacles have well fell off your face, fella. Um, so, yeah, they they go 4 free free at the moment. So, you know, the, the play in the midfield of all Portuguese, as always, Nunes, Neves, Matinho and... Neto, Pedence, and the stars of Kaladzic, but he done his ACL, and yeah. you know Brexit means Brexit, therefore they can't sign Diego Costa. Um, so I would expect them probably to go Guedes, is it? You say Gonzalo Guedes? Gonzalo Guedes, yeah. You know we we've touched on this pace element that we keep speaking caught on, and if Lars has got any sense about him, that's what he probably should be doing in terms of their lineup and going with Neto, Pedence and Guedes and, you know, trying to hit us on the on the counter because we are vulnerable. But yeah, 100% agree. Matip comes back in and I think, sorry, Joe, I stuck up for you the other week, but you probably won't be seen now until the latter stages of the Champions League if you've got a dead rubber by any chance or the League Cup, guy, League Cup tie, sorry, against Derby, I think is in November. Um, because yeah. I think and I hope Ibu Kanate is back after the international break and he's one player I think we've not really spoken about but we have missed because whatever's going on with Trent in terms of us not tracking back like Kanate was there for the pace elements and the physicality elements and we we have sort of missed that fella like not not really being touched on but you know there's nothing we can do he's not fit and available so Joel comes back in there's probably an argument for Costas to come back in. Um, I don't think he done too much wrong in the derby. And Robbo again tonight, whether he, he's just ran into the ground or something, but I wouldn't be fussed if it was Costas or Robbo. But, you know, it's 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 taken a leave as that is. Um, midfield, totally agree. If Thiago's fit, he plays. Uh, even if you only get 60-65 out of them, you've got to nurse him through and look after him. Uh, Fabinho yeah he's the only man left to play the six um, sorry don't want to see James Milner there again I don't want to even see Fabio Cavallo there because he looked lost on Saturday I think the physicality and the speed of the game in the middle of the park sort of passed him by and it was a derby so you know yeah. you caveat it but I think he's just better up higher up the pitch he's only a young kid he's neat. if he's going to be a number eight he's going to learn, have to learn to play a number eight um, in you know a Liverpool Klopp style in inverted commas um, so maybe you do start half a melon whatever because um, there's not much there um, unless we you know we think right well that's it we've got to change the shape when we go for the 4-2-3-1 because it's been proven Fabinho and Thiago can play in a two and then you probably can get Jota Diaz Salah and Nunes in the team in some sort of rotational option, whether you go, you know, Salah and Diaz as your wide men and Jota off uh, Nunes and sort of, you know, look for them to, you know, play the old cliche knockdowns and look for the, the scraps around the box. And we all know he's a deadly finisher, he's a poacher, and, you know, a couple of goals. And you know that sort of ignites him. He is a very streaky player. When he gets on a roll, he seems to fire seven or eight games in a row um, so if you can sort of light that fire under them and get him going and you know maybe maybe Nunes will look a little bit 
more like a player in terms of if he's got bodies around him because we've, we've all said he's raw um, as touches and grace at times but there's there's ability there there's something to work with and we were all creaming over him when he played for Benfica against us so we know he's got something and we, we don't usually sign duds we, we, we signed a couple but to spunk that much money on him I think we all know there's, there's something within him um, especially the coaching team anyway so I think if you can get bodies in around him then you know he might look a better player. We can, you know, pick up on the scraps that he maybe miscontrols or he's challenging for headers with. And yeah, maybe you just go out there and just say like, right, we've we've got a base of two in midfield, and you know they're probably going to sit and not going to go roaming like our number eights have been doing. No matter who plays in that position, like we found ourselves with Jordan Henderson, James Milner, Harvey Elliott. Um, probably Carvalho at times or pressing the opposition goalkeeper and I get that's how we sort of play in terms of a pressing game but then we vacated the midfield because quite often both lads have gone and we've just left Fab in there like a lollipop man trying to you know control what's going on so if we've got Thiago he's probably more likely to sit next to Fabinho he's more disciplined and controlled so I wouldn't be against you know, a sort of change in shape and, and go out there and just try and get the game won early and then we can, you know, five subs, you can get Thiago off, you can get Jotter off, you can get whoever else off and sort of manage our time because as I say, even though we do play better every three or four games, we've still got to manage the squad because we've still got a few players out. Yeah, definitely. I can't really disagree with any of that, and especially your point on um, the way the midfielders are playing, because that, that to me, sort of seemed like, is that a, a thing we're doing for the future? Is it like Carvalho and Elliott are the number eights for years to come, years down the line? But then, you know, you see Milner playing in that role against Man United. He's more suited to the sort of Thiago dropping in and, and playing a little bit safer, the more genie role. You know, Curtis Jones would be as well, but then... You know, when Thiago's playing, Thiago's not going to play like the, the way Carvalho and, and Milner and Elliott have been playing in the number eight. So don't really understand what the plan was there if we're looking at getting a couple more years out of Thiago. But anyway, let's see. Um, I'm not going to ask you for a prediction because we'd just be throwing out like liver, like random scorelines for a Liverpool win that we don't believe is going to happen really, if we're all honest with ourselves. <laughs> um, we just, but, just want just a win and a clean sheet. And I don't care if it's one, if it's five. Yeah. Just... Those two things are what's required, and yeah, we build from from there again. Yeah, if, if it's not a crisis at the moment, it's certainly crisis management. It's taking every game as it comes. It's getting through every game. The games are going to keep coming thick and fast until the World Cup. Liverpool need to find a run from somewhere. I'm not sure where, but let's hope we're talking about it in weeks to come. Thank you very much, Jay, for joining me, Andy Bell. It's been your Copcast podcast this week. Hopefully it wasn't too depressing up the Reds. 